WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to The Sci-Files, an Impact 89 FM series focusing on student research here at Michigan State University. We're your co-hosts Chelsea Boudou and Daniel Puentes. In optical imaging systems, when there's not enough light in the scene, they'll usually use a flashlight to illuminate the area so that they can accommodate for the poor visibility. Today we're talking to Stavros Vikalis about his research on enhancing these type of capabilities for these systems on optical imaging. Stavros, may you introduce yourself and your research for us, please? Hello, Chelsea and Danny. Thank you for your invitation today. My name is Stavros Vakalis, and I am a fourth-year PhD student at Electrical Engineering at Michigan State University. My main research focus is millimeter wave imaging, and basically we're trying to build millimeter wave cameras in order to revolutionize and get much faster airport security screening. Nice to meet you, Stavros, and thanks for joining us this morning. So the work that you're doing is this millimeter wave camera. What does it mean exactly to use a millimeter wave camera? Yes, so imaging can happen across all frequencies of the electromagnetic spectrum. You can perform imaging using radio waves, similar to the ones that the radio station transmit. You can do it in the radar frequencies. And of course, you can perform imaging using your cell phone camera at visible light frequencies. Now, a rule of thumb in general, when interacting with electromagnetic waves, which they are similar with Wi-Fi, is that the lower the frequencies, such that radio waves, the easier they can travel and pass through many materials. But as the frequencies go up, and you can think of the visible light frequencies, the wavelengths get smaller and you can get much better resolution from your imaging system. And of course, especially the latest years, smartphone cameras have become really great. Now, millimeter waves are also electromagnetic waves, and they fall just about the middle of the electromagnetic spectrum. The frequency is low enough such that they can easily travel through many materials, including clothing, and that's why millimeter wave imaging is used by airport security scanners. And at the same time, it is high enough so you can get images with not that bad resolution. Thanks for that explanation. So in high school, I was taught how a normal camera works and then in college, a microscope. But how does a millimeter wave camera work and how do you build something like that? Yes, there are, of course, some key differences between performing imaging at optical frequencies, for example, like your smartphone camera does, and performing imaging at millimeter wave frequencies. One key difference is that as the frequencies of the electromagnetic spectrum become lower, components and detectors tend to become larger. And maybe you've heard that your smartphone has a megapixel camera, and this means something in the order of a million of detectors, but this, like, this would never work at millimeter wave because the detector size is so much larger. You cannot really do like a million detectors in a millimeter wave system. Sometimes people put a hundred detectors there and the cost still is pretty high. So you need to do other type of techniques. And the current state of the art is that most people use a reduced amount of detectors and antennas on them, and they just move them around in space in order to focus at different parts of the image. And again, I am reminding you of the airport security screening example. 
However, what we're trying to do is to build a millimeter wave camera, but things were not that simple because we needed to use a different type of imaging technique, which is used in radio astronomy. So we needed to completely redesign the millimeter wave system approach. Right. Whenever I'm at the airport, I always notice how large those detectors can be when it comes to getting us through security. But what you said just now is really interesting to me. How does radio astronomy play into the development of your new millimeter wave camera? So we basically use the same image reconstruction algorithm. So like when we capture the signals from our detectors, we use the same formulas afterwards. However, I'd rather want to say why it has not been used before, why people did not think about doing that years ago. A key difference with when using a system that scans in space and focuses as it moves is that the radio astronomy radiation that's coming from stars and other galactic objects is very different in the sense that every star emits a very independent and very random signal compared to every other star in space. When you're having a mechanical scanning system, for example, if you are focusing at a specific point in space or line in space, chances are that most of the scene that you want to image will get a very, very similar response. So even if people in the past wanted to use this radio astronomy image formation, it wouldn't work out. However, what we thought of doing is to use a random noise illumination in order to illuminate the scene in a random way and mimic the properties of stars and other galactic objects and then just make our lives so much easier. Now, as we know with radio astronomy, people are looking up at the sky trying to figure out what's out there in the galaxy and other galaxies beyond. However, with this camera that you're constructing, what are you trying to find with it? For example, if you were looking for metals, why not use a metal detector instead? Yes, the problem with like most commonly found metal detectors is that you would actually need a person with a handheld device to go pretty close to every person and scan them around again with a metal detector. Of course, a metal detector would be cheaper, but as I said, we're trying to build a camera that could scan hundreds of people in minutes. And yes, this could never happen with a metal detector. So we focused our approach and all our work how to make a system that does not move in space, that does not need anybody to hold or move a device and can just like perform millimeter wave image reconstruction in real time very fast. Another key difference of performing millimeter wave imaging rather than using metal detectors is that because of the different interactions of millimeter waves with many different materials, there are techniques that can help you identify the nature of these materials. So for example, in an airport screening example, a millimeter wave scanner can identify if a person is hiding drugs or other substances underneath their t-shirt. It's great that a camera like this is being developed. Maybe I don't need to get to the airport as early as three hours now anymore. You had talked about it a little bit earlier in the interview about how the current state of the millimeter wave cameras have a lot of inefficiencies within their system, including their size. What are the other inefficiencies that make using these millimeter wave cameras slower? Another key limitation for revolutionizing and rapidly commercializing millimeter wave imaging is that millimeter wave systems tend to be very expensive. 
This one that is currently being used in most US airports, is its price is in the orders of $100,000, which sounds prohibiting for getting which, which is too much. And of course, because of the very high price, you cannot have too many of them in an airport. People have to form long lines and wait for a lot of time. Yeah, that is pretty pricey, but I would imagine that the airports are able to scrap that by with especially the price of those plane tickets. You had mentioned that the system was pretty slow, especially because of the video rate. I would imagine that you need a stronger computer for that. What advancements are you working on with the millimeter wave camera? Yes, so currently we have built a millimeter wave camera and we're still working on experiments in a pretty much control environment. We have in our lab a room that we have covered the walls with absorbing material such that we will minimize reflections. And we're pretty much working with some control targets, reconstructing simple imaging scenes. We are also trying to not just make millimeter wave images, but we're working on millimeter wave videos to test how fast we can actually perform millimeter wave imaging. And our latest results actually show that we can not just achieve video rate, we can perform millimeter wave imaging at hundreds of frames per second. However, we still have to work a little bit more on getting an actual commercial product that you could be able to set it out in a US airport. And there are, of course, many limitations with the hardware, like some parts we have bought them from companies and other we have designed them on our own. We are still operating with a smaller scale system in a very controlled environment. So in our lab, we have put absorbing material in the walls and we use simple reflecting targets, metal spheres and other type of reflectors in order to create millimeter wave images. And more recently, we have actually been working on the millimeter wave video, because as I said, a very important part of my research is to be able to run the system in video rate. Turns out that we have been doing better than video rate, and we have managed to create a system that operates in hundreds of frames per second. However, in order for this technology to be able to get commercialized, we still have to build a larger system and also be able to acquire a little bit more calibrated hardware. A large part of the hardware has been built in-house in Michigan State University. So one key challenge when performing imaging with millimeter waves is that the wavelength is very small and objects that reflect back those millimeter wave signals tend to reflect very strongly at specific directions. You can think of this problem being similar when a car is standing at direct sunlight and somebody is opening the door. Some edges of this door will reflect in a way stronger way than the car itself. In millimeter wave, things can also become much stronger, and we're talking about of magnitude difference. So some objects will appear that they reflect very strongly, while others will not, and they are still standing there. So the millimeter wave system will miss them, and this is a key challenge we have to address. Being an engineer that focuses on biology, most of the times when we're creating these type of systems, people always want to know, is it safe? So whenever people are going through these millimeter wave cameras, is there any harm happening to them, for example, like with radiation? 
No, millimeter wave radiation is completely safe for use with humans, and the nature of this radiation is no different than what we currently use in our home Wi-Fi router. We use the term that millimeter wave radiation is non-ionizing, and this means that it cannot remove electrons from living tissue or other materials. And there are ionizing radiation that exists in electromagnetic spectrum, such as X-rays, And this is why your doctor may say to you that you shouldn't be getting too many x-rays every year because they can be associated with cancer. Another example of ionizing radiation is that you shouldn't really be too much outside in the sun without sunscreen, right? Because you might get sunburn. However, this is not the case for millimeter wave radiation as it is non-ionizing and it has not been connected with any health concerns. Hopefully that calms people's fears about different kinds of little radiation that can be around us all the time. In fact, people don't really understand just how much radiation we're constantly exposed by just by sitting outside and getting some suntan, for example. We've talked a great deal about these millimeter wave cameras, but could you talk a little bit about some of the other applications that can be applied to other fields? Yes, of course. Another application that millimeter wave imaging is used for is environmental imaging. In order to detect the ground health and how does vegetation is spread along a large area, right now the current state of the art uses an airplane that travels above the ground and can collect the reflections from the ground and different vegetation. This takes a lot of time because you have to scan again as you fly above the cloud, and it also needs a lot of resources. So a millimeter wave camera can actually collect way too many information without flying for this long, and the processing afterwards to create the image would be significantly less. Another application that people have been trying to use millimeter wave imaging for, although I'm no expert for it, is the application of medical imaging. And as I said, x-rays can be associated with cancer. However, people still are using them because the imaging resolution is great. People, mostly on research, they can be using microwaves and millimeter waves in order to perform imaging of human tissue, for example, and bones. And they don't really get quite the same resolution. They're working on it. However, they're saying, hey, you know what? We're not using ionizing radiation. It's great that people are exploring alternatives for imaging in the medical field. Now, we've heard about your research, but we'd like to know more about you. What do you plan on doing after you pursue your PhD? Yeah, that's a great question. And I don't really think I have a good answer about it right now. I still wish to continue doing research in the millimeter wave field. As I said to you, my research is still at the junior level and I want to expand on it. This could happen both in industry and in academia, but yeah, I still have to finish my PhD, right? I think especially right now with the pandemic still going on, a lot of people are still wondering what they're really going to do once they're finished with their PhD or even their bachelor's. Thank you, Stavros, for coming to our show to talk to us about your millimeter wave technology that you're working on and the improvements that you're making to help make it more efficient to be used in different things, such as airport security. Good luck with the rest of your research and your PhD. Thank you very much for inviting me today. It was a pleasure. Good luck to you too. Have a good day. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. 
To hear more about us and learn more about our episodes, check out scifiles.org. If you're a current MSU student that would like to be interviewed, please reach out to us at scifiles at impact89fm.org. We'll catch you next week on the Sci-Files, and remember, the truth is in the science.